You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders in Australia. I'm Mira, I help connect businesses with tech talent, and today I'm your host. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Nikki Azadeh and Stuart from the Sydney and Melbourne tech community to discuss the ever so relevant topic of transitioning from working from home to hybrid tech teams. I'll get everyone to introduce themselves and then we'll jump into the questions everyone's put forward today. So, um, Stu, if you wanted to kick things off. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is uh, Stuart Tobman. I'm the VP of Engineering at Campaign Monitor. Um, I have been in the tech industry for, um, well, it feels like quite a long time, um, probably uh, pretty close to 20 years now. Um, I've been at Campaign Monitor for, for nearly six years. Um, I, I started as an engineer and then moved more into the management path and, um, you know, super passionate about people and building um, great engineering teams. Um, I look after just under uh, about 50 people in engineering Campaign Monitor. Um, we, we're pretty distributed. So we've got um, a lot of people who are working um, in Australia, uh, but we've also got some people internationally based as well and and obviously um, have moved much more towards a hybrid working environment in, in recent times. Thanks so much, Stuart. And Azadeh, if you wanted to go next. Sure. Please. Hi, everyone. My name is uh, Azadeh Hassan Zadeh. I am the one of the engineer managers in Woolies X. Woolies X is the digital arm of Woolworths Group in which we are taking care of Woolworths.com.au website, B2C in particular. And uh, I've got three teams in Woolies X, which are taking care of the checkout journey of that whole uh, shopping journey. And most of them are uh, Australia-based. I do have a few people working from uh, from Melbourne and Brisbane, but I'm fortunate enough to have them all in one time zone so that I don't need to wake up during the night. Uh, what I'm passionate about, aside from coding, is people management, and very like, very much like to Stu. Um, I'm also coming from the engineering background, moved to people management, and I am enjoying the journey of helping people uh, to achieve their goal and to grow into their career path. Amazing, thank you. And Nikki, if you wanted to introduce yourself too, please. Thank you. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Nikki Urban Weiss. I am the Director of Engineering Enablement at Zendesk. Uh, I am Melbourne based. And my team are across uh, four continents. So um, my hours can be quite fun, um, but we leverage all sorts of practices, including asynchronous, to try and be super collaborative and get the job done across multiple time zones. My workplace passion uh, right now <laughs> is around remote working, hybrid working working and inclusion that is necessary to, to bring these things to life in a fair and equitable way. Um, before I moved into the engineering org, I um, had a 19 year career in the people function. So I am super excited about this topic today. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone. Super excited to jump into the conversation as well. So we'll start with Stuart's question, um, which is, how do you build a culture in a team where some of the team values being in the office some of the team doesn't want to be there at all, and some of the team wants a mix of both. So, Stu, if you wanted to kind of give some context around why you thought of that question for today. Yeah, definitely. Um, this this is something that uh, has come up quite a lot around, uh, around um, I, I guess, things hitting Campaign Monitor at the moment. Um, 
I sort of mentioned in the intro, we we used to have a really um, office-based culture and and we had a lot of people that were in the office. Um, nearly everyone was pretty much Sydney-based um, and it was where we drove a lot of our office culture from and, and um, a, a lot of passion around the events that we did and things like that. Um, it, when the pandemic hit, it was actually almost easier for us because everybody went remote and it was really easy because we could just target people in a remote environment and everyone was on a level playing field. Um, as that started to open up a little bit more, obviously we're now shifting towards a, a hybrid um, style of working and uh, just for everyone's context, we, we don't mandate that people need to be back in the office. It's sort of up to everyone how much that they, they want to come in the office. Um, but one of the things that we've really we really found a challenge is when we're running events and when we're trying to do things that um, that are engaging for our engineering team and and I'm talking a lot about things like hack days and and celebrations and and events like that. Um, we've been finding it really hard to get that balance of what works really people really well for people in a hybrid environment. Um, uh, we the last one we did we actually targeted that quite a lot towards people who were in the office we had some things for people in the office a little bit more um, and and the people who were more remote for it felt a little bit neglected um, previously when we've done it the other way and we've really focused on the people who are remote um, people haven't got the vibe and 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 the experience that they've had um, from from coming in the office and having everything that we had there um, and so I really wanted to you know, discuss with the group and see what what things people are putting in place and and how they're trying to approach that and and whether they're seeing the same sort of challenge. I guess, um, you know, the, we we're really in that position of trying to find that balance and and seeing what that looks like. Um, and and yeah, I'm really interested in in what everyone else's experience have been and and whether you you've had that same challenge and and have you managed to solve it? I guess. Perfect. Who's jumping in first? <laughs> I think I can start. Um, I can definitely relate to this is also happening in uh, my working environment as well. Um, it doesn't matter if the people are working from Canada and Australia or Sydney and Melbourne, it's still a hybrid environment. And what we are trying to do currently is having that mindset that hybrid is a new norm. And want it or not, this is going to happen. And from now on, I don't think that any of the companies are going to have that office only rule. Uh, so we need to deal with it and we need to adopt it. And we need to somehow um, create that culture that it uh, doesn't matter if you are in the office or you're working from home or you're remote, you're also still part of the team and you're part of the whole environment. And something that I think it's going to work really well is what I can see is um, sometimes when people are working remotely, they're completely forgotten. Um, you're, you're not involving them in the meetings and in the conversations. So maybe something like a visual um, reminder to say, hey, remind yourself that go back to the people that are online and uh, so that involve them as well or just make a body for them. And someone who is in the office and someone who is working remotely, they can just be the buddy and then and just remind you that someone else is also working from home or working remotely so that they, they also be part of the whole culture. And um, I think and one other thing is we do need to trust people. Uh, that is very important to bring that culture and um, to grow into that culture. It doesn't have to be instant 
message. It doesn't have to be the communication that we are having with people. They have they have to be all in one time in one place. It it doesn't have to be like that. We can um, have that async communication. Just send an email, send a message, and they will get back to you in the time that uh, suits them. But also we need to make them accountable for what they're doing. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't think that what they're doing matters really. They would, yes, flexibility is good, but it does have a limit. Yeah, totally. And I think a couple of things you touched on there really, um, really spoke to me. And already I was sort of like, yeah, you know, the, these are some of the things that I, I can see why they don't work so well. And 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 you talked about like even just time zone and things like that. You know, traditionally, uh, like I mentioned, our hack days, we always tend to have them on like a Thursday, Friday, and then Friday afternoon. It's sort of like a celebration, and and um, and, and we sort of do all the presentations and everything. That works great for everyone, except as, as you mentioned, we have people in Canada who that is about the worst time and uh, <laughs> for them to actually be on for something like that. So immediately, obviously, you know, it's going to be hard for them to be included in it. Um, so yeah, so that's it, that's a really valid point. That's something I think you know, I think we probably need to rethink how we structure a lot of those things and and, and adjust them accordingly. Um, so I, I'm really pleased that both of you were talking about this is how we work now, because I think um, the first step is to acknowledge that this is our workforce strategy or our workplace strategy is that work is anywhere you do work rather than an office. So that's absolutely wonderful. Um, for me, it's about virtual first rather than virtual only or office only, but it's around working out ways within your team to uh, have the conversation around making it work. So we did a big body of work called Making Hybrid Work. Um, we actually used um, BTS, which is a, a training provider as well, to help us roll this out. And what it was was not training per se as you will do this. It was a bunch of conversations with really tough, hard-hitting topics, talking about fear of missing out, talking about inclusion, talking about when half your team are in the office and half the team are interstate, um, and having conversations with your team about what would happen in an instance where X happened or Y happened. Um, we have created templates for team agreements to have these conversations. So you can also lock in the times that it is really important that people dial into a stand-up, for example. You have your one-in-ones. Um, we also haven't really touched on Zoom fatigue, which also happens for us. Bunnies here who are, you know, um, rem fully remote and the only way we can communicate synchronously really other than slack is um is zoom or, or a phone call i suppose so how do you combat that as well and i think one thing that really came out loudly out of this piece of work that we did was by putting structure in um and hardwiring in those particular meetings and um, structure into your day, it freed up the rest of the calendar to give that flexibility back to the employees, which we found super helpful. Um, we have created a whole lot of collateral around meeting practices. So how do we make our meetings more inclusive, more time conscious and more effective? We have agendas, um, some performers and sending out dot points, facilitation guide. How do you facilitate a meeting when you have some people uh, on Zoom and some people in the room um, and just really supporting our people that way? Um, obviously, leveraging asynchronous practices as well um, and being really thoughtful and inclusive around uh, how you celebrate. So, hackathons are really, really tricky. Um, and what we used to do when we were a distributed organization, but mostly in the office, is we would um, have 
you know, uh, representatives in each sort of major area uh, office or we'd fly people in um, to have the hackathons on, on a site. But again, not sure how relevant that is anymore and how many people you have in Canada as a day um, <laughs> to be able to, to hold a, a hackathon there um, on their own. Um, thanks. Thanks so much, Nikki. Yeah, I, I think the, the thing again, it stands out that you touched on there was, you know, I think a lot of us have been very used to working in person and, and you sort of your whole life has been trained to do that. Um, going remote, there's not been that training of going, okay, how, how do we be effective when we're remote? And, and you know, how do we adjust the way we work and, and, and things like meeting agendas, like that's, it's the bane of my life is that the, the amount of times that you, uh, you hit a meeting and there's no agenda at all. And, and yeah, it, it, it is, it is a tough thing. And I think, yeah, really trying to work out how we, how we train people to be effective in those sorts of situations. You know, um, I love the idea of structuring days so that people actually know this is when I'm on and this is when I'm not. Um, and it will help with things like zoom fatigue. Like I, I know myself, I was on, I think I was on 13 different zoom calls yesterday. Um, wow. <laughs> it's just a, it's a big day. Yeah. Definitely. Thanks, everyone. And I think kind of, yeah, going off sort of how to build the culture and then kind of on the opposite side of things, once you've built that culture, how do you actually retain staff, which Azada has put forward the question, how would you ensure retention when even with a hybrid model, there's a possibility that some team members don't get the chance of that physical interaction and, you know, sort of that team bonding that you would get in an office environment. So. Yeah, if you wanted to start things off with that conversation as a dev, please. Sure. Um, I think after the pandemic, um, we have seen a great resignation in our company. And also, it, uh, I was listening to the news the other day, and it is happening across the world, I guess. And people are trying to change job. Uh, what I was wondering was how we can retain people in the companies and also hire the good talent. Uh, while we are having this hybrid model. Um, to me, the other day I was talking to my partner and it feels that sitting at the screen, it doesn't matter who you're talking to. It's just a, sometimes people are not even turning on the videos and sometimes it's just an avatar that you're talking in. It doesn't matter which company you're working in, here or there, this company or the other company, this country or the other country. It's still yeah. the same thing. So how can I make sure that I am building that great culture and that great company that people want to stay and they are loyal. So that was the question that I had. I would love to know too. <laughs> Nikki, have you got some answers there? Um, well, what I want to say is there are no silver bullets when it comes to retention. And I think there's a bajillion different reasons why someone may stay and someone may leave a company at any given time. But I did do some research of my own at the start of last year. I did a design thinking course um, at RMIT Union in Melbourne. And we pick basically a topic that we see through the entire course. And I picked remote employee engagement. Uh, I had three key insights that came out of it, but the number one insight for me was that I discovered that humans felt connected to their organisation when they felt connected to the other humans within their organisation. Yeah. So that stickiness that we used to get by hanging out, making a cup of tea um, or just cracking a joke or when one person claps on the floor, everyone claps on the floor, even if you have no idea what you're clapping. <laughs> um, all of that kind of stuff that you used to get um, in real life, you know, it's really, really tricky to create the stickiness um, and that human connectivity to 
have those uh, your staff be feel connected back into the organisation. And there are things that you can do though, and it can feel really, really forced initially, but you can get into a swing of things. So, you know, we were talking about rituals um, earlier. Do you start building in some silly time um, at the start of your rituals? Do you open with a, a question of, what um what, did you have a dream last night and what was it and do you want to share whatever it might be what what vegetable do you feel like today was actually a question my boss asked our our team um I went with potato because it was first thing in the morning. <laughs> I would be much the same <laughs> versatile but still Um, (laughs) so I think there are ways you can be really um, thoughtful around how you bring the stickiness back in and that human connection I think a greatest our greatest lever in this is our people leaders and our technical leaders. So people who um, really stand up and speak uh, within our organisation need to be super intentional about inclusion and be really, really intentional about the decisions they make when allocating work, the decisions they make when, you know, who do you bring in when you're making decisions? Who do you invite to a meeting? How is that meeting conducted? Do you, you know, do you have a facilitator, for example? Um are you going to celebrate in a hybrid way or are you going to be fully virtual? Um, are you going to pick people who are out of sight, out of mind for your training first? Are you going to bring those people um, in, you know, when you're a leader and you're thinking about how do I um, make sure there isn't FOMO and that we're including all of our employees, do we bring in um, the remote population first to our regular people practices, like in a calibration, do we talk about our remote employees first? Um, and, and I think sharing accountability around inclusion is absolutely everybody's responsibility in the team. It is not just that of the leaders, whilst the leaders should be pushing that forward, leadership at all levels and inclusion at all levels is everybody's responsibility. Awesome. Thanks, Nikki. Uh, yes, you definitely touched on the issue that I was facing initially that I'm missing that hallway chat when I'm going to grab a cup of coffee or when I'm having lunch sitting next to my colleague talking about this issue or that strategy or that particular um, idea that I have in mind. And you, you covered it perfectly. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks, Nikki. <laughs> Some great ideas there. And Stuart, did you have something to say there as well? Yeah, yeah. Look, um, and and Nikki sounds like she's done a lot of research and, and mine's going to become <laughs> a lot less educated than hers. But, um, but yeah, I mean, as it is, we've had exactly the same experience. And, and it's that hard thing to go, you know, when you're writing code, how you differentiate between writing code for this organization and writing code for this organization, right? Like they can seem very much the same unless you can have those differentiators in there. Um, and And for us, it's been like trying to retain that people connection. And that's what, you know, we had a lot of, we, as I said, we were very heavily um, office based and, and we were lucky enough, like we're, we've got an office where we've got chefs and, and um, we have food provided. And that is not necessarily to go, hey, you get a free meal. What we really got out of that was that people would stop and they would sit down and they would eat together and they would form those bonds and they would chat about things that are not just pull requests and, and everything else that you've got going on day to day. And they, they built relationships outside it and we really work to try and um, uh, continue some of that stuff and and I'm going to reiterate some of the stuff that Nikki talked about around um, you know we have something that we call um, the fun stick and and we basically task someone at the start of a stand-up once a week to um, in some of our teams to basically pass around and it's 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 a new person's time to do 
the fun stick and that could be anything right and and we've had things like um people will take photo you've got to take a photo of the inside of your fridge and then they put them up and you've got to try and match the person <laughs> inside of the fridge um i used to do that when people came over to my into my house with my friends i used to be like which one which one's my shelf <laughs> yeah exactly. so i like the virtual idea <laughs> and and it's just a great way to you know to to form a bit of a connection that's outside of what you'd be normally doing we know we do a we have a, like a big board game culture so we do a lot of things like that online now that there's um we we do games like one word and code names and there's a thing called gartic phone which is really really good fun if you want to do something that's just light and and, and makes everyone have a bit of a laugh and it's just a break from the day-to-day um We've been doing a lot of stuff around like like uh, we always did team events and things like that. It's it's obviously much harder now to do that remote, but there's some really good things out there that I think um, help with that team bonding. Um, I'm not sure if anyone's looked at Airbnb experiences, but there are things that we've done around that, which is, you know, you can get somebody in China who does like a noodle making course and you can be on with somebody and you can be anywhere in the world and they like they, they will do this and you all in your own house and you're, you're making noodles and you're doing it all together. Um, um, we had one the other day where I think people were on with um, a magician in somewhere in Europe and it was like 3 a.m. <laughs> his cool. time uh, and they were doing all this like learning magic tricks and things and it was just like Airbnb has some great things like that for remote team building um, and it's a really cool thing to have a look at and and that's worked really well. Um, some of the other stuff that we do too is trying to because that works really well with an individual team, but trying to get that cross team um, bonding as well. Uh, we used to have like a huge giving back culture um, and we would do things as, as as sort of like an office and, and you know, we'd go and help out at um, like uh, pounds and things like that and 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 different places to go and, and do some giving back time. Um, it's really hard to do that remote, but we have found some things. There's a there's an initiative called Missing Maps where um, you can actually go and it's like an open map um, sort of thing, and and you're going into countries and trying to mark places. So if they have if they have sort of like a, a you know a crisis, you can go and mark where people need to go and uh, to get help and things like that. Um, and there's things that we are doing that is trying to cross teams a little bit more and and get them together and work into something that is like a a common goal, which tries to build that people connection. And and yeah, I think that's that's really what we've been trying to push to try and make sure you know you continue those bonds that you would have had previously that you might have formed in the office. Um, and and I think that helps to really differentiate between maybe other places and 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 fills that connection more than just like I said the the day to day coding coding actually does. Definitely, definitely. Uh, yes, I definitely found um, that having some fun in the working environment definitely helps. And we are having the same thing, as you mentioned, instead of fun stick, we're just calling it trivia. So we've got three <laughs> minutes, three minutes uh, after each standoff room and we've got a rotation, everyone should come up with some questions and asking as a trivia time, which is quite fun. Um, one thing that I just found as well is um, when a company is thinking about people's career progression, that also creates that stickiness to the, to the company. And for the same reason, I guess, maybe not. Uh, we've got 20% of our time uh, to work on self-improvement and we call it chapter time. So every individual has 20% um, of their time working as a team for 10% of that 20% and uh, to work on something very new. If let's say that they want to work on GraphQL and GraphQL is not as part of the delivery, day-to-day -day delivery of the uh, the company, then they're working on that, they learn about that, and then the other 10%, they can just work on um, their own self-improvement, read about stuff, um, getting prepared for 
um, a certification or something, which I think that is helping as well, which is making Google a bit of a unique uh, in that position. And the other thing that I think it is working as well is giving the opportunity to people to be able to move from one team to another. So if there's okay. a great opportunity in another team or a, a great project that, that, that person is interested and they're allowed to go and um, explore more, which is, uh, I think, is creating that loyalty as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Jose. And I guess we'll go on to the final question that was put forward today by Nikki, um, which is around what strategies or tactics are you experimenting with fostering workplace connections and collaborating effectively with hybrid or distributed teams? Thank you. So I have an ulterior motive for asking this question. <laughs> um, my team at the moment are in the process of building out a digital first um, roadmap of how we're going to support product development across the globe at Zendesk um, in a digital first way to be you know, effective. It's all around connection, um, to collaborate, to have great career, uh, equitable career conversations um, and also leader enablement. So so um, I pop this in here because I would love your ideas. We're working on a few things at the moment. We're about to run some brainstorming sessions internally, but would love to pick your brains. I think, Nikki, you mentioned some of the uh, perks and strategies that is possible to have a more collaborative environment. One of them was um, writing the policies and having that governance uh, making sure that it's been followed and everyone is across what is happening. If someone new comes to the company, they definitely know this is the policy, this is how we are doing stuff. It doesn't have to be, you don't need to have someone around to be able to follow the same thing. It's just written and, and that, that I found it's really good. I think we're going to follow that the same. And um, I think having fun, that's definitely one of the aspects that's going to create that collaborative environment. Yeah, look, I, and, and I'm going to totally agree with that. Like, I think I think the biggest mistake is trying to force it in, in some ways. Like, I think any time when it's, it's um, and and uh, I guess talking about what like we've been talking about with, with, with bonding and things like that, any time it's force fun, I think is always, it's less effective than it, than it is when it's, when it's natural. And I think that's the big differentiator is uh, like for us too, is that, you know, when we were in the office, you know, people chose where they could go and when they, when they wanted to have that downtime or when they wanted to have that hallway conversation, they could go and have it or sit around and have a coffee because they know, Hey, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have this break here. Um, when when you suddenly have it scheduled in your calendar or it's sort of like, you know, you may be getting up and you may feel like a potato in the morning and you don't want to have a bit of team fun, right? Like, you know, it's it's about working out, I think, and and I don't necessarily have great answers for how you do this, but making making sure that it doesn't feel forced and making sure that it feels like it is something that is coming naturally. Um, I think that's when it's, you know, you get that natural fostering of of, of collaboration and 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 it's you you know you're working as a team rather than hey we know we should be doing these things to form connections but let's let's try and force it. Um, so I think you know often that is also 
making that come ground up. Like I think if the teams are bringing, bringing their ideas and, you know, maybe uh, you, you think they should be doing it at the start of stand up because that's what's worked in another team. It may not work for this team and maybe they want to have a dedicated time. Um, we've certainly had in the past, we've had some teams that have, um, organized like a specific time like on a friday afternoon where they will sit down and and at the end of the week they'll all you know have a, have like a virtual drink together and that sort of thing and and they'll spend that time you know some people have have done that and and done it as a morning thing and they want to sit down and it, i think it very much depends on the sort of people you have and and what works for them i think like i said anytime you're trying to force it and trying to all make it follow a certain pattern it's it's going to be hard to get that across the line. I think I think really trying to empower the teams to come up with how they want to do it. Um, I, I think that's that's the key to it in my book. I love yeah. that. Thank you so much, both of you. Um, it's it's so interesting because Stu, in particular, you're talking about it's actually about options and experimentation, which is also a conclusion our team had come to. And it is around creating toolkits, having the conversations first up and experimenting and having a retro going, well, that didn't work, or that was great, let's share it with everyone and maybe they can try it, maybe they don't. Um, having highlights, highlight the the wins and um, also celebrate the failures and all the learnings that come from that. So I love that so much and thank you so much for your contributions. I've been taking notes. <laughs> Amazing. Any, yeah, any sort of last things there from you, Nikki, on that topic as well that you would, from your point of view too? Um, a couple of things that we've been trying um, that seem to be quite successful, and, and there is a bit of heavy lift in this, but doing cross-team lunches, that so you opt in to be part of it. The company gives you $30, or in our case it's 30 US, um, that you go and you buy it yourself or you Uber Eats, um, and this is for largely distributed, or you could get in a meeting room with people as well. Um, but you are paired up, or we call it table for six. So there's a group of six, and it's a regional, so um, I'll often be on a call with someone from six. Singapore, maybe there's someone at the end of the day in the US, it's a bit early for us in Australia. Um, and it's, you know, a really great way to to um, meet people, but we also have to play a game and then you share on a Slack channel the picture of like whatever you made a recipe because everyone threw out a random ingredient or whatever the game is, but it is an opt-in. Um, one thing I also might just add, if, if I may, um, one of the other insights I had from my research was, and these were remote employees telling me, was you an organisation can throw everything at someone and all of the fun and all of the activities, but if someone doesn't click on the Zoom and someone doesn't show up or someone doesn't actively participate, what the people were telling me is that's on them and they own that as an individual, that an individual needs to meet a company halfway to be able to create that stickiness and to be included. And whilst inclusion is everyone's responsibility, there is a personal responsibility for an individual to, to come and actually show up to that Zoom. Maybe put your camera on even if you can, um, if you're comfortable and, and do participate and push yourself into it as uncomfortable as that can be. It can pay dividends as well. Yeah, I, I, I like I echo that because we've we've tried similar sort of things, and I, I think the key is, like you said, you know, it, it it is it needs to be that opt in, and I think you do need to provide a, a variety of options, and I think particularly when you're talking about like engineering teams in in particular, you have a mix of personalities, and there are some people who will absolutely dread the idea of being like <laughs> like head up or in a group and 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 forced chat in some ways, um, and it's about finding you know, yep, that may work for a, for a certain section of your 
of your employees. For others, it, they may want something totally different, right? And and yeah, I think I think trying to find that mix and you know, like you said, it is it is very much it doesn't need to be met um, halfway by everyone. I think we just need to make sure we've got the options that that makes it comfortable for for all the different personalities that you're going to have in your team. So Definitely. yeah, that sounds that sounds great. I really like that idea too, and I love the fact that your uh, your company's backing you and putting money behind it too, which you know yes, helps maybe. as a, as a being a little bit of a sweetener. <laughs> Certainly does help. <laughs> <laughs> no, perfect. Does anyone have some last takeaways um, for today? I mean, I, I just think the the thing for me uh, I've really noticed is that it's amazing how many people are just facing the same sort of issues, and it's and it is really you know as as much as it's hard to have answers for a lot of these problems, it is, you know, it's encouraging that people are, are seeing the same sorts of problems. And, you know, we, we're not unique um, in the fact that these are things that we're battling with. And it is great to hear other people who, you know, having similar troubles and, and finding similar solutions and 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 sometimes things that we're not thinking of. Um, you know, the big thing that I got as a takeaway too is, um, as it are, you were talking about that 20% of time for people to go away and, and work on their um, work on on their own self development. It's actually something that we were we have been very big on and and it's sort of like we have training budgets and we're like, yeah, you've got that time. But you know, in the office, we had like, there were lots of people who'd be going, hey, I'm going to go and do this. Do you want to come and join me? And there was more of a um, you know, you, you are encouraged to do it by seeing what your peers are doing, suddenly being remote, you don't see that. And it just feels like everyone is, everyone else is working all the time. So I think unless you're a little bit more forceful and going, no, let's block this time. Or as a team, we say, you know, Monday afternoons are our, um, are our time that we work on and on that development or that learning on something that we are really passionate about. I think, I think that's really a key as well is, is making sure that you know, we can't just rely on people picking it up because everyone else is doing it. You need to be maybe a little bit more um, obvious about it. Definitely. And I think the other thing that I just remind and remembered is something like lunchtime, for example. If you're going to the office, you definitely have at least half an hour lunchtime. Uh, it will be great to ask people who are working from home or who are working remotely to block that time for themselves as well. Sometimes when you're working from home, it feels that you have to work whole day, every day without interruption. And uh, you have to be online. If you are getting a message, you have to instantly reply to that message. But you definitely need to remind ourselves and our employees that this is not the case. It is exactly like office uh, office days. It, there should be no preference off-site or remote, should be the same thing. And um, we shouldn't expect people to be there at the very same moment that we are asking a question or interacting with them. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I think, you know, as everything's distributed a little bit more, those boundaries have blurred a lot. And, and you know, one of my biggest problems too is, is, is getting people to switch off and actually being like, you know what, I don't expect you to answer this message now. And you might be pinging someone on the other side of the world and they're right back and you're like, hey, it's the middle of the night. What are you doing? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it very much has has changed from what you would expect before. And, you know, you walk out of the office, you can switch off, whereas now it's sort of like, when do I actually turn off? You know? Yeah. We've been talking about playing with sort of um, delayed sends on email and Slack and things like that, especially as leaders to be really clear that we don't expect a response from you the first thing you wake up and you know check your phone and, and we, we don't need that we 
it's really important that, yes, because we may work across time zones in my team, we're going to need to flex and you're going to need to take ownership for that. If you're working nights, take a two-hour lunch or whatever you think you need so you're not working crazy hours, um, but that you can flex across your time zones as well. Definitely. Thank you, everyone, so much for today's conversation. I think we'll leave it there from discussing transitioning from working from home to hybrid tech teams. But thanks again so much to Azadeh, Stuart and Nikki for joining me today and kind of sharing your different challenges and as well some great ideas on the topic. So thanks, everyone, for listening and I'll see you next time on the installment of the Evolution Exchange. Bye.